the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Isaiah 9.6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. I like the fact, first of all, that this is God speaking through Isaiah, telling them, for to you, and he says it twice, for to me, for to you, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The prophet Isaiah, as I've said before, it brings a word of hope and promise to the people of God at a very dark time. It's very needful. Isaiah brought this word from the Lord during the time when the wicked King Ahaz ruled over Israel. And King Ahaz had introduced the worship of an idol called Molech. Molech was the savage god of the Amorites. And during this time, King Ahaz erected a statue in the valley of Hinnon and put a furnace at its feet where they would come, the people would come and throw their children into the fire as offerings. Superstition and idolatry were everywhere. Gold and silver statues were worshipped in the homes of the children of Israel. Ahaz shut the doors to the temple, and it was left to decay. And the thing is, this didn't happen overnight. The people weren't blissfully worshipping God one moment. And locked out of the temple the next. But as the people of God became increasingly lethargic and flippant in their worship, they became increasingly more acceptance of wickedness and idolatry. And I think of our nation, the Christian nation, and where we are today. Is there anybody here that foresaw the level of wickedness that we're experiencing in today's society two years ago? Did you think we'd get where we are? Ten years ago, did you think we'd get where we are? Yet here we are. Not because God is lax. Not because his love has decreased. Not because his will 
has been elongated in terms of what he intends to accomplish. But because he is right on target, it would come on us quickly, wouldn't it? You read the word of God, and this is, this is like his return. In many ways, in my mind, it's very much like that. It was like we had what was our normal one day, and the next day we had a new normal. And now we're into the great reset that's going on. In this great darkness, God promises light for those who wish to see. And as I said, I see a lot of parallels between Israel and America today. We live in a time of ever-increasing darkness, it seems that, and it seems that many of the children of God have become more accustomed to the darkness than to the light. Christians embrace the idols of the world and often encourage their children to do the same or passively allow those idols a place of worship in their homes through the internet, television, and radio. Many Christians have forsaken true corporate worship for what may be considered by them to be a more enjoyable pursuit or an entertainment. And the practice of family or corporate worship is for many families left being left to decay. So it was in this in that time, just as it is in this time, the children of Israel needed to recognize a savior. Isaiah says, for unto us, and Isaiah was writing to the people of God, this word is for every man, every woman, every child who would choose Christ as Savior. God sent his son unto us. It is for us that the giver of life came to be our Savior and Redeemer, our very life. John 3.16, which most of us, or many of us, memorize. For God so loved the world and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son. So that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. For God did not send the son into the world in order to judge, to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. This child was born for salvation. He was born for the salvation of man, born in an infant, born as an infant in the flesh, unable to care for himself or protect himself. As a child, the enemies of God and the wickedness of men sought to destroy him, but the babe was protected. But he wasn't protected by his government. He wasn't protected by the strength of his parents but by his heavenly father. Now I find in that a bit of encouragement as well. As the world grows darker, God is still holding his own. He is still protecting his own. We are still in the light of his presence. The world will not move us from that place. It is not our society that has ever kept us safe. It is not our own discipline that has sustained our life. It has been the grace, the loving care, the mercy of God who has upheld us and kept us through the days of our lives in every moment. He is our Emmanuel. He is with us. He is our strength. He is about us. 
He is our heavenly father. And Isaiah declares the truth of his child. He would never be a victim of man. He is the redeemer, the gift of salvation. So the prophet continues, a son is given. He is God's gift to man, given, not just on loan or for a time, but given. He gave us his life that he might be life to us. In Isaiah 7:14, he writes, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the young woman who is unmarried and a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And I often like to use the name Emmanuel, God with us, because the world and the enemy and the circumstances of my life are so quickly trying to convince me that he's not, that I'm on my own, that I need to call him in the room, that I need to ask him to come and save me and protect me, that this world is somehow out of control. But Emmanuel is with us. world is going exactly the direction it should. The wages of sin is death, and that is where this world is headed, to destruction. It was born, this world was literally born into the curse of sin when Adam made his decision and Eve made her decision. And it will see its end in in its destruction. Born to be with us, within us. He is ever present, never to leave or to separate from his own. This is his name, not just his action. He was born in the flesh to create through his sacrifice a new life for us. And the thing about that life is, and the thing that we need to realize, the thing that we need to walk in faith with, is that life is our life. We're not going to be separated from that life. When he says, I've given you new life, he says, I've given you my life. We don't have to worry about us doing something that would literally drive that life out of us because it is the sole content of our life. Eternal life, not brief Or passing like physical life. He was born in the flesh to create through his sacrifice this new life. This eternal life that we carry. A life which begins when we are born again. And is eternally animated by his life. And we have it now. He is our Emmanuel. We as his children will never be separated from God. Because the true definition of death. As far as God's concerned. Is separation from him. Separation from God is separation from life. Now, you can see this in your own living. Everything that you try to pursue, that you do not recognize God in, that you do not accept God in, that you kind of keep him out of, begins to die. It's death. The circumstances of your life will begin to die the moment you forget where your life is, whether that is in your job or even in your marriage or in your relationships, associations. You forget where your life is and you live as though you are separated and death begins. Romans eight thirty-eight and 39. For I am persuaded beyond a doubt am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things impending and threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
We have this love now. We never need to be afraid of being separated from life. The body, it will die if the Lord doesn't take it. But our life is eternal, unending. Living in the fear of death is the result of having the wrong definition of life. If we Christians are ever going to be bright lights in this dark world, we should, sure, we should choose to live life to the fullest in Christ. Not in fear, but in holy confidence, enjoying the fellowship and intimacy we have through our union with him. Isaiah further declares that the government shall be on his shoulders. Now, in this, Isaiah is actually referring to the millennium, but it's a great promise. Remember what the nation of Israel was experiencing when Isaiah wrote this? It was a dark time when the nation was ruled by a wicked king. It is the promise of God that the time is coming when man will no longer shoulder government. Won't that be a relief? says so much, man will never, ever get government right. Have you noticed that? He'll never get government right. It will always be a burden too big for him to bear. One day God's going to take that burden away from man. The day will come when government will rest solely on his shoulders, solely on the Lord's shoulders. The only shoulders strong enough to lift government above the weakness of man and make it righteous. What a glorious day that will be. God has saved his children from the rule of flesh, and one day this world will be delivered. Now let's look at the names ascribed to this child. And remember that in the Bible, names actually reflect character, not just what they do, but who they are. Isaiah declares his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Keep in mind that this is God speaking again. God has declared it through the pen of Isaiah. Now, who do you think will call him wonderful counsel? Who's going to call him? Who will desire his counsel? His children. You will. Right now, this, this is being lived out in our lives every day. We're affirming this prophecy. We are participating in the wisdom of God because he is our life. And he is, his life is our counsel. Did you know you're not even aware? He says that my sheep hear me. That's the shepherd talking about the sheep following him and obeying his voice. Do you know as a child of God, you are hearing him now. And it may not be in the context that you expect to hear him. But you're hearing him. You're hearing his heart for you. You're hearing his will for you. He will be your counselor. He will be your guide. And it is very clear, and I make this clear over and over again, that he has a plan for your life. You know that that plan is wisdom? That plan is wisdom. Because in that plan, the wisdom of God will bring you forward and bring you onward into the fullness of all that he created you for. That's the wisdom of God. And it's hard to see sometimes because we're so fate oriented in our thinking. 
We're so causation oriented. This happened because that happened. And that happened because this happened. And so on and so forth. And you can't see because it was all results. You can't see the sovereignty of God in the little things. In the circumstances. In the way you got here tonight. In the phone call you talked to. Who you talk to. All the little details. You see him in the dramatic things. But do you see the little insignificant things? That God is in this. Can you get up in the morning and say, God is in me waking up this morning. God is a part of where I go this morning. God is a part of what I do. It's not a matter of faith that brings him in. It's a matter of faith that enters you into the awareness of God's plan and purpose in your life. His wisdom is with you because he is with you. His wisdom is in your life because he is your life. You don't need to pray that God give you wisdom. You need to pray that you are aware of that wisdom and are obedient to that wisdom. That is what you need to pray for. Lord, make me a yielded individual. Give me a yielded heart that I may walk in your wisdom. I don't know what that is for me right now, but I want to be there. How about that? You know, there's there's times when I'm going somewhere and I don't know where I'm at. Does that ever happen to you? Well, that's kind of life, right? You don't plan to be where you are, but there you are. And then you, you stop and you say, well, if I hadn't turned, if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't listened to some series always wrong, whatever, you start down that road. But then you got to realize you're there because God allowed you to be there, aren't you? So you're in the hand of God. You're in the plan of God. You're in the wisdom of God. Isaiah, Isaiah declares his name, his name shall be Wonderful Counselor. He is your wonderful counselor. And I look at that and I think that that's that's the praise of his people saying, what a wonderful counselor. In all things concerning my life, God has been a wonderful counselor. To bring me to this place of knowing him. To bring me into the fellowship of his presence and his spirit. To bring me into the intimacy of his love and his working in my life. What a wonderful counselor. What a glorious situation I have been born into by his grace. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. Our lives are being shaped and crafted for eternity An eternity of carrying forth the wisdom of God in the glory of God. Do you know that it's not going to stop here? The wisdom of God is going to carry you into eternity for his purposes. You're going to continue to expand in truth. Now, you know, as a kid or even as a young adult, I always worried that I wouldn't hear God. And then God convinced me that it was his responsibility to make the sheep hear him. I learned that primarily through my own children, you know, because I knew this. If it was just a matter of me saying it, that didn't do anything. It was a matter of me getting their attention, making sure that they understood what I was saying, and then somehow encouraging them to go forward in what I'm asking them to do. Faithful is he who has called you. I'm so glad. Because half the time Christians are like they got ADD. God speaking, but you're, you know, watching the fly, you know, whatever. And I want a God who is that attentive. I want a God who is constantly helping me 
walk in truth, placing me in the place of truth, growing me in the fullness of truth, teaching me concerning the truth. We are participating in him. God is declaring here that you shall know God as your wonderful counselor. You're not the architect of your spiritual life. You figured that one out? Isn't it good? Isn't it good to know that? I'm not the architect of my spiritual life. God is bringing me into all that he created me for spiritually. He's the one that's going to decide when I get to graduate into the spiritual reality that I'm living in right now. In other words, what I am as a spirit being will become plain to me when I either A, leave this body, or B, he takes me into heaven. He's the one that decides when that's going to happen for me, and it'll be the perfect time. If I get killed in the I-10 in a traffic accident, I don't want anybody saying, boy, isn't that tragic. God's in it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be harsh. But God is not about tragedy. He is about making his will known and bringing us into the fullness of it. I'm going to leave when he's ready for me to leave. Not a moment sooner. You've heard me say that over and over again. And I hope it doesn't mean something that I'm forecasting my own departure. But you know what I mean. It's true. You're going to know him as a wonderful architect of your spiritual life. You're being led. You have a shepherd. You have his counsel. And that's not just an occasionally getting advice, which is what I used to think. I had to pray for wisdom. How many times have you had somebody or yourself go to somebody and say, listen, I really need you to pray that God will give me wisdom here. I understand the thought behind it. But God didn't leave. And his wisdom is with you right now. So when you are thinking about these things, you say, you know what, Lord, I need your guidance. And you call on a person to pray with you. Don't pray that God is going to give you wisdom. Pray that you will be able to see and know the wisdom that God has given you in the person of Jesus Christ. The spirit of wisdom is within you. How much more can he give you? The revelation of the Son of God is within you. It really is. So when somebody says, or when I think I need to pray for wisdom here, no, what I need to pray is that my ears are clear and that I'm obedient to his word. That's what I need to pray. I want to be obedient. After you say, God, in this situation, I want your will and I want to walk in obedience. What is there left to say there? Hmm? Do you need to work out all the nuances with him? Well, I sometimes feel like I do. I need to work out all the details. Now, if this happens, Lord, I need to know what to do here. If that happens, I need to know. Listen, all that is is you dithering before God. He already has it worked out, doesn't he? He's not discompassionate. He knows your heart. He knows your desire to work, to work, to walk in obedience. He knows that. The hardest thing we do is rest in the wisdom of God rest because we seem to think that somehow it's up to us obedience is what's left to us faith is what's left to us 
trust is what's left to us. Check those three things off and you've done all you can do. Am I missing something? I don't think so. We are in union with the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.30 It is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God. That's past tense. He is our wisdom from God. Revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright. Again, he's already done it. Making us upright and putting us in right standing with God. Present tense, that's where you are. And our consecration, making us Pure and holy. That's present tense. That's where you are. He's already done it in the past. Past tense. But it's present tense about you. And our redemption. Providing ransom from the penalty of sin. We have been redeemed. You remember that song? Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. This is truth. We love to proclaim it. We like the energy of that song. Because it bears witness to the truth within us. It's true. All Isaiah is saying in that one little verse encapsulates what God has given us through his son. The counselor and his counsel are wonderful, meaning miraculous, beyond the capacity of man to fully comprehend. He is wonderful in all his ways and all his plans concerning you. And he has declared that you will know him by that name. Not just in heaven, but now. You're going to know that name now. You do know that name now. It's truth. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.